Hi, I'm Divo Kurigi and I've joined the Rank Squad. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to your award-nominated BR Football Ranks. Oh yes, that is right, up there with the biggest and baddest names in the podcast game, the Grand Old Titans, Football Weekly, The Ramble, Totally, Five Live, and us, your very own BR Football Ranks, right up there in the mix. So if you love the pod and you want to do us a favour, go to our pin tweets or any of our IG linking bios, scroll down to question seven and drop us a vote. We need all the help that we can get <laughs> if we're to get any chance of winning this. And we would massively appreciate it. We will love you forever. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host today as we take a deep dive into the club season so far, given we've reached a natural pause and assess how things are going across Europe. So joining me as ever are BR football's finest, the David and Goliath in a physical rather than metaphorical sense. Firstly, my fellow pocket rocket, the mini melon maestro muttering murmurs of moves and managers to the masses, is Dean Jones. I'm not that small. I'm, small. <laughs> I'm five foot seven. Yeah. Not that bad. <laughs> and the gargantuan Goliath of the game, a leviathan of league alignment, a calcio colossus as classification is the rank god, Sam Tai. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You are that tall. You are, you are actually very, very tall. How are we, fellas? Quick spotlight. After Manchester City lost to Liverpool this weekend, two questions and a bonus. One, penalty or not, Dean? Yeah, for me, um, it should have been a penalty. Uh, the first goal should never have happened. I thought Man City were hard done by. Purely based on everything I've seen this season, I, I just think it should have been given. I don't even care what the rules are anymore. I'm just judging things as I see them. Did Sam? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. Oh, that sums it up. I don't know the handball rule, clearly. Or, or the rest don't. Or all of the I don't rest, think anyone knows. Or all of the rest think it's different, and therefore they all tell me different things every week. I have no idea what's going on. And I saw the, the IFAB, the, the, like, basically the, the guys that make the rules of football, had said that that decision hadn't taken into account Bernardo's, the fact that it hit Bernardo Silva on the hand before it hit Trent. And that just confused me further. Well, yeah, because that rule 12, as they, as they call it, um, is the reason that the Gabby Jesus goal was ruled out against Spurs because it hit an attacking player on the hand, whether willingly or unwillingly. For me, not a penalty, but game must be stopped because mm. Liverpool lose all advantage the moment it hits yeah, Trent's hand. As soon as hand. you start playing basketball in the box, we have yeah, to just stop and just do stop a drop. Just stop the game. Have, just have a free kick. <laughs> I'll tell you who did Go stop. back the other way. Aguero. Everyone stopped all the Man City, City and, and Liverpool, fair play to them, uh, were alive yeah, and, yeah. and they came out of it. So, so what, what do they tell you when you're five years old? Play to the whistle. Play to the whistle. Play to the whistle, people. Two, there was a lot of chat about Claudio Bravo not saving Fabinho's strike. Was it just me that thought that was really, really harsh? Really harsh. Really, really harsh. That was an absolute thunderbolt. It's, a, it's an absolute wallop. It, it, it's always destined for the... the it, just inside the post. It never deviates. So it just, it's just like, what has he got? Ten foot arms? That's what allows you to save yeah. that shot. Ten I've foot arms. I've got new respect for keepers since you two spoke to Asmir Begovic on that episode. That opened my eyes to a whole new world of what they go through. Yeah. And how, how, how hard do you think he hit that shot? Well, this is the thing. Like, a load of people are, oh, Edison saves it. I was like, no, he Does doesn't. He? Ed- Edison's one major weakness is shot stopping. <laughs> <laughs> people don't realise that. He's good at everything else. Okay, bonus question. In light of everything that's happened with Raheem Sterling, Joe Gomez, England, bust up, who wins in a boxing match between Joe Gomez and Raheem Sterling? Raheem Sterling. <laughs> it's got to be Joe Gomez. No, <laughs> why? I'd be interested as to why. 
Scrappy. He dodges all the punches because he's so sharp. It's like the Matrix. Hit, and he just catches him with an uppercut <laughs> straight on the chin. I side. don't know. I, don't, I think this is, this is David and Goliath again, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think no, back in Gomez there, he's um, not only is he bigger and stronger, but he's also, he's very athletic, that guy. He I think he big, can move too. He's quite no, a wiry, wiry chap. Sterling's rage gets him over the line. <laughs> okay, spotlight over. Just before we get into these big club rankings, we've got a lot to get through, a load of mini rankings to get the heart of all club football. I want to talk about your call because you two have been on screen back in the back in the game and you kind of really back in know. the game we're on screen every week of mate. course but you know a different kind of angle on yeah, well it, we were know. acting yeah so if you go to uh, oh. our football YouTube page right now there is a brand new game choose your own adventure choose your own adventure lovely concept and the best part of it all is me and Sam have starring roles so I we moved absolutely, a holiday we nailed this we yeah. nailed this I, I mean think we I make didn't realise at the time of filming Quite what we were doing. God, <laughs> yeah, um, it's very confusing. It turned out to be probably the most tiring hour, hour and a half, maybe hour and a half of our lives. We came out of there <laughs> thinking, God, couldn't do a Netflix series. So tiring. Yeah, it was tough. Um, yeah. But then we've now seen um, the game Finished come product, together. Yeah. You basically, you know, opens up a YouTube page, and then you cho- you make decisions based on whether you, if you were the footballer starting a, a career, uh, what decisions you would make basically to progress through the stages as a footballer um we're there commenting the whole way uh either telling you've done a poor job or you've done a very good job and it was a mascot or not it was super weird to film because we were just given two people walked in and was like right scenario is uh you've been confronted by a mascot and you've decided to fight him uh go that was it that's all we had with with nothing else with no script nothing we were like so it's all all natural yeah Oh, very. It I was very, quite fun. I'm very upset. And I missed it. Yeah, so Jack wasn't here. Uh, I was on holiday. So I, I moved a holiday for the original filming date, which was then changed. And, <laughs> and therefore, I am now not in the show. But they did manage to just I wedge you in there. I in as a radio presenter. Sympathy radio. So, yeah, segment. so I've got all the uh, audio. And when I had my go, when I became a club legend... Um, your part did come up. Yeah, no, I, I, have, a nice couple, I have a couple of different uh, lines. So I've only heard you in the car. I've only heard you in the car. Yeah, no, no, they're all in cars. Oh, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> you're in the radio. Uh, that's the radio bit. But there is a di- number of different... You can hear my voice more than once. If oh, you play wow. Scenarios. Anyway, so, go, yeah, go and, and have play. a go it's of really it right now. Yeah, and send us your screenshots of Sam and Dean. And, and tell and us which bit you liked the most of mine and Dean's parts. And and the radio shares in the car. That's the best bit, I think. Right. If you want to see more of us on the screen, you can catch our new series, which will be released later in Right. Right, 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 right. Onwards, onwards. We've got a lot of mini rankings. Best teams in Europe, Sam. I know this is something you've been writing about. Let's start with this. Who have been the best teams across all competitions in Europe so far this season? Over to you. Right, so we'll go three to one on all of these rankings. Um, and I have written, I have, there is a written equivalent of this uh, on the BR Football app and website. But at three, and this is actually a really tough call because I think there were three or four teams in the mix here for third. I think one and two is really obvious. But I went for Man City, despite the loss at the weekend. Yeah, that's um, reasonable. Part of it is because, yeah, right, they've lost three games in the Premier League and that's regrettable. Uh, but it's still pretty good considering the sheer amount of injuries they've had. And in the Champions League, they've been pretty much flawless. They've delivered the best moment of the season for me, which is Carl Walker saving a free kick in goal. That was good, yeah. That was, I was like, I've, I have not sat forward to watch a set piece like that in some time, my friends. That was absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> Obviously, walk through into the latter stages of the Carabao Cup, and they've got Oxford United, so they're going to be in the semi-finals. You'd imagine it's all, it's all going pretty well, 
And look, aside tr- from the league, and the truth is, um, quite a lot of the teams that are in the are in contention for this this sort of spot, or in, in for like the third best team in Europe, they've all had sort of they're slight they're slight up and downs. So very, they're really only two teams that have been consistently good or consistently able to win. And one of those two, so in second place, is Juve, who aren't great to watch. I don't think, in for the most part, they frustrate me because I know that they should be quite a lot better. Yeah, they should definitely be playing more cohesively. They should be playing better aesthetically, and I think they should be pounding teams. And very often, they're bailing themselves out at the, at the last, at latter stages of games. But So it's been cool to see Dybala do that, Dybala step up. Um, Ronaldo to come off. Yeah, just has to... Ronaldo, was it 57th minute or something on Sunday? Uh, and earliest yeah. he's been taken off, wasn't In it? a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was very early, and there were some reports on Twitter, who knows exactly how accurate, that he'd already left the stadium by the final whistle. Yeah, yeah I, I don't mean, think that was there's true. There's also weird bits about, was it an injury, was it not an injury? You know, there's a lot up in the air with this. At the it wasn't happy. Look, no. be, look I, can't be, I can't blame a man for wanting to beat traffic, okay? That's, that's <laughs> as, it's as simple as that. But Dybala stepping up is great. Uh, the defence has, has kind of found its feet a little bit more. Delict is... is was rubbish to start with, but he's he's actually he's actually getting he there. Getting there. Ches- really well. Chesney on Sunday against Milan was superb. So there's a lot to like, um, but they could do with making things a little bit easier for themselves. Uh, yeah, Champions League has been the hard way. Yeah, Ch- Champions League has been really rough. Um, Dybala again stepping forward late on and to rescue them uh, a couple of weeks ago. So there's a lot there's, there's a lot to work on, but they win. They always win. It's true. They just and they don't got, lose. They've got the only famously. they've got the only unbeaten record left in the top five leagues in Europe. So it's very hard to overlook them for this slot, right? Uh, very hard, yeah. But one team is better, and it is Liverpool. Um, you know, questions over the first goal at the weekend against City aside, like they they are the best team in, in England right now, um, and they, they were have, pretty relentless. Still. Like, they have, yeah. They, they deserve to win that, that game. game. Crazy, for regardless. Liverpool. Eleven out of twelve Premier League wins unbeaten in the league. Three wins in the Champions League. They've won a Super Cup. They just always win. Like, it doesn't really matter what time it is. You know, the Aston Villa game is an example. You get to 87 minutes, they're 1-0 down. They won. You know, that's just yeah. how it is now. Yeah. They win games. They yeah, yeah. A hard times. It's weird to think that Napoli beat them. And I know the San Paolo is a very difficult place to go and all of those things. But Napoli haven't won a game in a month. <laughs> yeah. And it's just one of those where you look back at that now and you go, that happened, that was it, weird. It did happen. Napoli played really well that day. Yeah, and, al- and also... Um, that that penalty, that penalty decision against Robertson for the two 0 was that was rubbish. Harsh. That was Harsh rubbish. But anyway, that's 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 they are the best dusted. team. In but Liverpool are right the best now. team. They okay. are. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. And you can read the rest of this article right on the on the internet. You can, you can, if you want to, if you want to know who the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth best team in Europe are right now. Only you used to do twenty. Um, You've got slack. I've got a podcast to plan nowadays. <laughs> you don't plan what it. What have you been doing? What have you been doing then? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dean, you are actually up next with the next mini ranking. Uh, I know this is one that's special to you. Melons of the season so far. We're making up for the fact there was no Melon of the Week. There was no Melon of the Week last week. It's time for Melons of the Season. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> Sponsored by Watermelon Fruit Crisps. Melon yes. Crisps. These are a melon. real thing. Air dried, not fried. I found them. Chips for the Americans out there. These are watermelon chips. And I'll tell you what, we're going to try one. Because this is bizarre. There's only one ingredient in these. I don't know what they look like until this second... Oh, they look like roasted peppers. <laughs> Sam, there's yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's got a green one. Oh. Like a twisted up cross between, I don't know, a roasted pepper and tomato? Yeah, if you, they look a bit like aubergine. Yeah. If, yes, you, that's what colour watermelons are, so it makes sense. Um, I guess, here we go then. Let's, let's, have a, let's try these. Probably terrible content. Oh. Yeah, they're rank. 
They're awful. Yep, absolutely horrible. Don't get any watermelon chips. Oh, actually, well, the aftertaste is all right. <laughs> On with melons of the week. That was horrible. Never make us eat the melon again. This week's melons of the season so far goes like this. At number three, Neil Swarbrick. You don't know who he is, do you? Referee. He's the man implementing Premier League's use of VAR. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he is, he's been quoted in the last week to say he's really pleased with how it's gone so far. What? How? What, what how? part of it? How can you Are be you pleased? really pleased that all the machines are still intact on the side of the, pl- the pitches because they haven't yet been used? Unlike in other leagues. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you pleased with the fact that it's all anyone's spoken about, so you've had loads of publicity? Are you pleased that there's... It probably is that, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, been, you've been back page every day since this... Do you have, like, do you make money based on how much it's written about? Like, listen, VAR's use in the... VAR as a concept is fine. The Premier League's use of it is a shambles. Abhorrent, someone Yeah, say. really, really bad. Um, I find myself wishing I was watching the World Cup still sometimes. <laughs> Remember VIR in the World Cup? Yeah. It was great. Well, there we where it's just fine. It's yeah. fine, And yeah. when there was a problem at the World Cup, there was literally lines that were coming from the Premier League, like, don't worry, that wouldn't happen in the Premier League because of the way that we interpret it. It's like, oh my God, you got this so wrong. Anyway, <laughs> M- Neil Swarbrick, you are a melon and you need to sort your act out and, uh, or scrap it. It doesn't matter. I can't believe he's this low, actually. Anyway, go on. Who's two. two. Hugo Lloris. Because he's up for Melon of the Week every week until he got injured. And he actually got injured doing something bad. <laughs> <laughs> he nearly won the week he got injured, he but he I gave him a little bit of a respite. Yeah. It's the only reason he didn't get it. Uh, obviously, there was that week when he tried a Cruyff turn on the edge of his, yeah, on his two goal yards line. from his oh. goal line, which wow. won him Melon of the Week. Yeah. Um, and even though he's not even playing at the moment, he's, he's still, yeah, still got this hanging over him <laughs> for when he returns. Number one, the melon of the season so far. There's only one man for this. Everyone listening knows who's going to get it. It's Unai Emery. (laughs) He has dealt with nothing well so far this season. (laughs) Made a shambles of the Ozil situation. Turned Shaka into just a mockery of a man, really. Um... He's dealt with a captaincy issue terribly, giving it to Aubameyang and everything he said around that issue. Well, first of all, we had five captains. Yeah. <laughs> He's got... And then he narrowed it down to the one that probably should never have been named it. It's Every really decision weird. he makes is wrong. He keeps not playing Hector Bellerin. It's really upsetting me. And it was just how has Hector Bellerin not been named Arsenal club captain yet? And Tierney doesn't get get all the looks as well. You know, oh, plays Europa League and then sometimes gets benched for the pro. Like he's, he's been ready for a month, hasn't he, Kieran yeah. Tierney? Like, I mean, KT at least is starting to be part of the team. At least yeah. you can start to see that he's being integrated. I just don't understand what he's doing. With I mean, he's surviving. That's all he is doing right now. And not sure I was doing that. But from what I'm told, you know, Arsenal, the main reason they're sticking with him at the moment is because it will cost money for them to get rid of him right now. Whereas if he can see through this season and it's not too much of a mess, they can get rid of him without paying him off at the end of the season. That, sh- um, that can't be the primary concern. <laughs> it's November. Be. It always is Arsenal, it's isn't it? It's November and they're going to see out the season. Yeah, no, it just does seem like a worry. Yeah, I think this is a fair anyway, enough shout, Dean. Emery Mellon. Mellon of the season. Season so far, right up to we're going to keep rolling on because there is a lot of things that we need to get through. Sam, your three best players of the season so far. This I'm excited. I mean, this was the most impossible time. Yeah, no, we've we've given you an impossible. Choice. Yeah, I sat there yesterday looking at it and was like, well, I could, I've got a choice of like 15 different players who have just been brilliant, and um, you know, I've, I've ended up going down the more attacking route because it's just it's just a bit easier to keep track Good. of. Um, and at number three is Angel Di Maria. 
Oh, nice. Curveball. Um, yeah, Angel Di Maria. So has been a, a, a basically a, a constant feature for PSG in the league and in the Champions League. Has put in some incredible performances over the last month or so. And very often just steps up when actually the, the others don't. Mm-hmm. Um, produces great moments that make you think, oh, have we been underrating in this hard time? You know, he's over 30 years of age now. Is he the most underrated elite player is what Dean keeps asking. Five goals, five assists in 10 league and starts. And two goals, three assists in four Champions League games. Dovetailing with Mbappe superbly. Giving you those on Champions League nights, producing those moments that make you sit up and go, "Wow, that was incredible!" Yeah. So I think he's deserving against of a, his former club I, as well. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's deserving of a podium spot. Um, it gets even harder from here. Trying to figure out who number two was, but I've gone for Sadio Mane. Okay. Um, basically, single-handedly carrying a title challenge at, the, at this point because single-handedly, he's, yeah, yeah, it's I, a bit harsh. I think. Um, I think Liverpool's Liverpool, Liverpool's defense um, has been. It's been, well. Worse, well, quite a lot, noticeably worse than last season. Salah has been good, but not quite as good. They had the goalkeeper issue. Van Dijk has not been quite as good. So basically, I'm just, I think it's Sadio Mane and Andy Robertson who were like, yeah, let's keep us in this, guys. Let's keep us winning games. And Mane in particular, I think, single handedly carrying is, is harsh, but he has, been, he has been the main factor here. Um, yeah, I mean he's been good. He's been he has been, been very very. He good. has been very they're, very good. Yeah, they're I, I, I must admit, I never saw him becoming this kind of player. Liverpool like, are just really good, aren't they? Yeah, I know. I know we talk about this a lot, but like they're just really good at football. And then Sadio Mane is the spearhead of that campaign so far. Pretty much. Thus, pretty much. And thus, it, it seems yeah. it seems unfair to leave him out of this. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I think I can call guess me, who call me a fair one. man because he's at second. Who's number one? I reckon you've gone for Robert Lewandowski. I have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have. Hard not to, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Can we just talk about these statistics? Read them out. Uh, 20, 24 goals for Bayern Munich this season. This is ludicrous. Six, 16 in 11 in the, in, in the Bundesliga. 16 goals in 11 games. Like That's most, like most Erling Haaland levels of goals. Most, most strikers are happy to get like 4 in 10. <laughs> like That would be fine. 5 in 10. So we're around the 1 in 2 ratio. Yeah. It's like completely serviceable. Lewandowski's out here with 16 goals and 11 starts in the Bundesliga. Oh, They're Messi the and Ronaldo the... numbers. Yeah. yeah. That's on yeah. the back of a summer when thought he was going to leave. Mm, yeah. Didn't think he wanted to be there anymore. And Bayern haven't been that good. They haven't, no. <laughs> really? it's, like, it's, it's all on him. Their defence, because of their injuries, it, their, their defence has really crumbled away at points and he actually has to step up now every game and score at least one goal that is just all him. Now, I watched one in Frankfurt where he just beat four players and rolled it in. That was the only goal of in a 5-1 loss for his team. But then at the weekend against Borussia Dortmund, he comes up with such a lovely finish at the near post. And I tweeted at the time, he does something every game that I go, whoa. Yeah, that yeah, touch yeah. out of the air. It was the touch out of the air, yeah. So that didn't actually come to a goal, but obviously no. a cross went awry over to the left-hand side. And he's got like... Lizard, lizard legs or something like that. Telescopic They limbs. are absolutely outrageous. It was just like, a ballet jump. In my hams- my hamstrings tore just watching that happen, right? <laughs> it was I don't know how, I don't know how he did it. And yeah, I went, very oh my God, like that. So I think he's been the best. I appreciate that maybe some of the, the field that he's playing against, some people will say, look, it's not the strongest. The Bundesliga is not the strongest side. Champions League, he's got six in four. Bayern haven't been great in the league, but they have been very good in the Champions League. Yeah, we're going to come on to the Champions League a little bit later. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll so, save, you, save you talking about Bayern until, so I think, until then. So, I think, I think Lewandowski deserves the number one spot. Yeah, He's I just been irre- irrepressible. Dean, is there anyone you would have added that he hasn't been mentioned there? No, I don't think I can really argue for once with, with Sam's list. I mean, apart from the fact that Sadio Mane's carrying them single-handedly. <laughs> I've already retracted that. That's great, that's already, that's already been redacted. That has been redacted. Yeah. <laughs> we will wind that back in. Thank you very much. Right, <laughs> I am taking, taking over. 
uh, for a mini ranking of my own. And this is surprise packages that you haven't been watching that you should be watching. Are you putting yourself in there? Yeah, me. <laughs> me. You haven't been watching me enough. Um, at three, Cagliari. The most fun midfield in Italy. Sigarini, Marco Rog, Raja Nainggolan and Nathan Nandes with Dimioni and Jao Pedro forming some partnership up top. And ex-Roma reject, shall we say, Robin Olsen, being really good in goal. You know, they signed him off the back, having lost Alisson off the back of a really good World Cup with Sweden. Everyone was like, oh, here's the, here's the answer to the he problem. He was okay at the World Cup. He was good. He, he was, was okay. The World Cup. And... And he just didn't really fit at Roma, and it didn't work. It was crap. It didn't work. Yeah. They brought in Paolo Lopez, who's brilliant. He's great. Um, and But Olsen has a new lease of life, a Cagliari, and this is a lot of fun, heaps of fun. Raja has just become unplayable again. He's, Reborn. He's scoring worldies. Yeah. He's got a hat-trick of assists at the weekend before he even scored, and then he just looked up 35 yards out and went, yeah. Yeah. This is on me. And, and and delivered. They hammered Fiorentina at the weekend. 5-2. It was 5-0. It was 5-0 at one point. And then they, they genuinely was like... Oh, I started watching it 3-0 just because a mate of mine texted me and was like, are you watching Cagliari? This is insane. This team are so good. And so I flicked it over then. And it was I like... didn't know about this until Dean texted the group uh, between us three saying, uh, Jack, Fiorentina are getting hammered. Just rub it in. Yeah, and then I was like, I know. I'm, I'm working. Aware. I'm watching it. <laughs> and it. But they were. You know, it wasn't even on Fiorentina. Cagliari sliced through them for yeah. fun. Uh, they were just absolutely unbelievable. And that partnership up top, Jao Pedro and Simeone obviously playing against his former team at the weekend, just really works. And, and you don't see too many twos up top. I know that sounds a really like old school thing, cliche thing to say. You don't mm-hmm. see too don't. many strike partnerships like that anymore. Big man, little man in many regards. But it's just working and they, and they bounce off each other really well. And Cagliari, you know, fourth in, fourth in Serie A. They are on the same points as Lazio in third. And they're just loads of fun. So, so watch Cagliari. I know why they're so good. Why? So their manager mm-hmm. is bold. Yes. I can name you two other bold coaches. Pep Guardiola, Eric Ten Hag. Shave your hair off, elite football. <laughs> oh, I thought you, you said bold. I thought you said bold as in he like, plays a bold style of football. I was like, I think there's more than just those three, if I'm honest, mate. No, if you just shave your hair... Zidane's elite, bald. Elite football. Zidane's bald. Elite footballer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. Right. Into number two, Real Sociedad. Uh, we've talked about them a little bit on the podcast. Yep. And, but Martin Odegaard is just running shows. One of the most fun players to watch in the whole of Europe. Another one of the most fun players to watch in the whole of Europe. Mikel Yazabal just, you know, playing off the left, having loads of fun. William Jose scoring goals. West Ham target in the summer. Lots of fun. Mikel Marino, <laughs> ex-Newcastle United absolutely running the show in the middle and Ilar Mendy's yet to really return and he is as we know class in in the middle there always watch La Real the Spanish football podcast say and they're absolutely spot on mm. they are so much fun and the thing about it is they have so much talent and yet they're still chaos they lose loads of really random games they had a brilliant 3-2 with Sevilla earlier on in the season they lost but just a really good display of attacking football from both sides uh, Sam, I know you're also a big fan of Sociedad. Yes, massively. Um, I like most of their players, in particular Odegaard, who we talked about before, and, and, and Oyasabal. Oyasabal, coincidentally, you know, if Man City end up le- losing Leroy Sané, I think Mikel Oyasabal would be, would, should be the player that yeah. they turn their attention to. I've written to. about him today, actually, in a transfer piece. Have you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, who's, uh, who's looking at him? Man City. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I read the piece. <laughs> and you haven't, because it hasn't gone live yet. 
Yeah, well, I was trying to make you look just good. That, it's, just, it's just that you know that was, non non verbal yeah. communication between you two. I was trying. I was pretending that I read Dean's work. <laughs> maybe you read it over my shoulder. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, awesome team. A lot of fun. You're right. Chaos, but a lot of fun. Reminded me a little bit of Betis about three years ago. Anything can happen at both ends of the pitch, and yeah. that makes for entertaining football matches. It does. Yeah. Top of the pile, though. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Gladbach, eight wins from their first 11 league games and four points clear at the top of the Bundesliga. They've scored three or more goals five times already in the Bundesliga this season. Marcus Thuram is their big leading man at the moment. Son of French World Cup winner Lillian. He's netted eight times in 16 appearances since joining from Guingamp in the summer. Uh, and Gladbach are also in the Europa League, where they're in a qualification spot in a very difficult group that has Roma in it, and it has Istanbul Basakşehir. here. They lost, a, they lost 4-0 to Wolfsburger, didn't they, yeah. in their first game? Yeah, they, yeah. They've clawed it back a little bit. What happens? How anomalous is that? Yeah, but it's a really weird group because everyone's on like the same points, but they have to play. They've got a home game and they've got a Wolfsburger game, whereas the other two, Roma and Istanbul, have to play each other again. So it should be fine. That's, um, they should probably qualify from this. Marco Rose, their manager, joined from Salzburg in the summer, having led the Austrian side to back-to-back titles in the Austrian Bundesliga and a deep run two years ago in the Europa League, where I believe they reached the semi-final. We thought at one point we were going to have the Red Bull final. <laughs> Didn't quite... Uh, come out Didn't but quite happen. He hit the, he's not quite hit the ground running as you say he had a bit of a weird slow start but once Munch and Gladbach have found their rhythm they've been all sorts of fun Has and it, they they just win games it might, be, it might be a bit harsh to say it took him some time I mean like look at top of the pile okay yeah first loss in the, they lost the first game in the Bundesliga they lost the first game in the yeah. Europa League just, if that's your blip, great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and since games. then, they've just been loads of fun. I think it would have been fair to expect Marco Rose to take a little bit more time to imprint on the team. Yeah. Um, it absolutely would have been fair. And I think most people would have expected that. Uh, look, it took two games, apparently. Um, they've scored loads of goals. They score more than three goals loads of times. Um, Europa League, they'll get through. Bundesliga, it's just going to be awesome to see, or really interesting to see whether or not they can hold these challenges off. The Europa League, it actually might be better if they just don't qualify. Yeah, well, the last if time... they don't qualify, do you reckon they can win the Bundesliga? We're playing one yeah. game a week. Yeah, I do, yeah. The last time Gladbach won a Bundesliga, I believe, was 1977-78. Right. Um, so it's been a long old wait for the And Foles. were they playing Europa League then? No, I they weren't. I don't think they were. No, no. they weren't. Um, so so that, you know, they've got that to consider. But, <laughs> you know, the, the Bundesliga's a bit of a mess, like, if we're being honest. Yeah. You know, you've seen, we've seen Bayern start slowly and yet hammer Dortmund. We had Dortmund as favourites and yet they're just not quite clicking in a lot of things. They're not, but then they're only four points or so off the pace. There's just a lot of fun stuff going on in the Bundesliga and it's a good league to watch at the moment. It's yeah. interesting. It's a bit like Serie A in that regard. And Wolfsburg, just looking at the table earlier, I was like, Wolfsburg are in 10th. God, they've been a lot worse than I thought. No, no, they're four points off second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's chaos. No. The only league tighter than the Bundesliga is the Championship because the Championship is like three points between second and twelfth or something. Yeah, best um, league in the but world. that's always, that's always the, the championship. It is the is most that. competitive league in the world. Um, what about Sheffield United? Sheffield United have been brilliant. Um, yeah. I, I Fifth in the Premier League. I mean, yeah, that's a well, surprise. You know, I, yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah, you know my feelings on Chris Wilder overlapping centre-backs and, and the two best wing-backs probably in the game. Um, I just didn't think they'd still be doing this after 12 matches. Like, I remember when you said quite early on that you thought all the promoted teams were going to stay up and I told you that that wouldn't happen. Yeah, and you're um, right. You're but right. I'm right and two of them are going to go down. Um, but I probably thought that Sheffield United were like the ones that were definitely going down yeah, as yeah. opposed to the other two. I'm proud to say I had them staying up in my pre-season predictions. 
in 17th. I had them at, I had them at 12. But we've <laughs> all underrated Europa League, lads. They're going they for Europa are, League. They're, they're lots of fun. Also, They'd be all those three teams in They're just list. very solid. Yeah. I think this is the thing. Like, I mean, they're not much fun to watch. No, but... they're, they're fun in terms of they play like quite like lightning counter-attacky football. Yeah. and it, it, But it is quite There's also the attritional in many, yeah, totally, in many yeah. senses. Whereas these teams are just chaos. But it is fun seeing them pull off results, I've got to say. Last thing on Gladbacker, uh, Marcus Turum has a brilliant celebration at the end of every game where he hangs his shirt on the corner flag and takes it out of the ground and holds it up like a flag. Takes it out of the ground? Yeah, yeah after the game. So, oh. it's just, so he's just stealing. Yeah, but it's weird. And then, so, but recently he started putting, uh, so whoever's mad of the match, he takes their shirt off them and puts it on the corner flag and that holds it up. So one for Herman at the weekend, it was just on the, and it's just this man hates, a really weird. This man hates like shirt it. swaps, doesn't he? But it's, uh, it's one of those, so fair play. Right, Sam, back to you. So no Granada. If we'd done it three weeks ago, would you If we'd done Granada this in? three weeks ago, I would have put Granada yeah, we, in. Yeah, Although again, we, we keep losing, not all that man. much fun. We keep losing. Just, they were just I, winning I hate games. Watching Granada. Sharp Dean. <laughs> anyway, get on with your next list. Right, Sam. We're going to go back to the Champions League. Final for one. last mini ranking. On the most this important one. The best teams in the Champions League. Who's so, going to win it, Sam? No. Those, those, are, those are two different questions. <laughs> Sam would not let us call this section like Champions, Champions League, League favourites. <laughs> I do not make Champions League predictions based on winners before Christmas. It is a fruitless task. <laughs> right. Who have been the best teams in the Champions League so far then? So it's going to be a little bit crossover with what we're talking about, unavoidable, but I've actually put City in third again okay love a third place city um three wins and one draw they've they've, they've got a reasonably difficult group like it's, it's kind of low-key difficult with like Shakhtar Donetsk and Atalanta like it's not it doesn't jump off the page as like wow that's tough but actually every game is like oh man we've got to play some really good teams here and they've 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 put quite a lot of goals past most of their opponents Raheem Sterling has absolutely sparkled in the Champions League yeah and they've managed to do it all without a defence because he's not quite... boxing Joe Gomez <laughs> <laughs> they've managed to do it all without a defence which is quite quite good um, yeah. I th- yeah. and again it's, it's the point we made earlier quite a lot of the big teams have at least one or two problems uh, and they haven't quite put it all together yet and City City just seem to have kind of Despite their issues with injuries, they seem to have just managed to cobble together enough points to just kind of sail clear at the top of that group. <laughs> and goalkeepers. As injuries and goalkeepers. Yeah, there are the yeah. two things that are holding Manchester City back right now. <laughs> yeah. Into two, uh, Bayern Munich. Okay. Played 4-1-4. Yeah, they've been brilliant. Uh, maybe the fans are wondering why on earth they can't do that, you know, in the Bundesliga, where it's actually easier. I don't know. Uh, of course, the 7-2 against Tottenham is the, is the highlight result. I basically had to put them in. Based, just not based on that alone. Yeah, if they'd lost every other game and done that, you'd still probably have them in second. <laughs> they'd have been third. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have been third. So buying, buying up in second, they seem to put it together on, uh, on European nights. Um, in first is PSG. Okay. You've got a lot of love. Angel Di Maria, PSG, you know, they're, you know, they're high up in your rankings at they've, the moment. They've been, they've been good. I mean, if you were, if you were look, so we were looking at best teams generally, they've lost three league on games this season. Which I'd like to say is out of character for them. all early on, though, wasn't it? Sorry, no, no, it was a couple on. of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean they, they've lost their main the, blip. I mean they've yeah. lost. Yeah, they've lost they three, three in the first third of the season. And generally speaking, PSG don't lose games until they've already won the title. Um, yeah, this is the first time in a long, long time that they've lost three before Christmas, for example, or three before three in the first three months. The good um, news for them is that nobody else in France is any good at all. Even the teams that we thought were going to be good are rubbish. So basically, this hasn't cost them. So it yeah. doesn't really matter. Um, but in the Champions League, which is obviously their main goal, they turn it on. And Mbappe scored that really quick, uh, perfect hat-trick, 
which was then outdone two weeks later by Rodrigo. Um, we've seen them beat Real Madrid really handily. And they, of course, they've got a perfect record. Um, they've got to play Real Madrid again. I think they'll probably beat them again. And I think they'll probably end up with six wins. The question has to be moving forward. No, they always do this. They, they always do well in the group. Yeah, and even it, last year in that really dove group with Liverpool and Napoli, right? They won the group. Yeah. They won their group with Liverpool and Napoli. This, this, this happens all the time. They've just, got to, they've just got to reach that next level and they've got to prove everybody wrong, including me. They've got to prove me wrong and go ahead and, w- and, and win several latter stage Champions League games. They need to get to February and produce this kind of, this, this kind of performance. Um, there yeah, are... Yeah. There are, yeah, there are, there are, re- there are understandable doubts about a malaise that kicks in or, or, or something like is that. It, is it just fear? You know, like, it is one of those things where they just seem to, you know, like Barcelona of of late, mm. just frozen when the occasion starts to turn against them. And, and similarly, it seems to be that way at PSG. I mean, what's interesting is is the whole Mbappe thing because obviously, like that Bruges hat trick was ridiculous. Um, it was, yeah, it, and yes. we've got a appreciate this is probably his last season with PSG like Real Madrid Suck. and others going to go big for him in the summer and try and get him out of there and I think there'll be a chance of that happening so if they don't do it this season who knows what, what who knows what their team will look like in a year's time to be honest because it could be a complete transition especially the forward line at PSG so Cavani's off to Miami Cavalli's off to Miami. Neymar, I don't know what he'll be doing in a year's time. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking here at the actual favourites for the Champions League. Manchester City are the actual favourites, the standout favourites to win the competition with the bookmakers. That's very bold. That's bold because that's... That means that odds on everyone else are very good. Yeah, exactly that. So Man City, um, three to one to win it. But anyway, outside of that, Liverpool, second favourites with PSG, then Barcelona. PSG, joint second favourites. Yeah. Again, bold. And then you've got Barcelona. But like you say, they've been the best team in the tournament so far. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things where you yeah. can't really rule it out at this well, stage. Well, I've said before Juventus are going to win it. Yeah, we know. You say it every week. They're well down there, mate. They're like what are we talking? Favorites. What are the odds? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. So, look, there's a lot of value to be had in Champions League betting because nobody has any idea who's going to win this tournament. That means there's no value to be had in Champions League betting, of course. <laughs> well, of course. No, you just pick one of these outsiders because they'll probably win it. Just go each way. Just go each way on Pick all of these. Right. Just put a pound on all of these ones. Okay, that is the end of our club season roundup. And it's definitely the first and last segment of Dean's betting. <laughs> Dean's betting tips. Stop, stop. <laughs> I've actually got a separate podcast I do on betting. No, I haven't. <laughs> Dean's betting tips. Um, yeah, make sure you subscribe. Right, we'll be back after the break. Change things up a little go international we've got the picks league so you can see how badly these two did with their predictions last week an international themed roulette and sam's nonsense rankings don't go anywhere Welcome back, Rank Squad. This is BR Football Ranks, and it is time to play a very special international-themed roulette. We have been canvassing your questions. We have 14 of your finest on the list. Sam, do you want to give us a spin? Pick a back four, but you can only have one player per continent. That's from George Rossiter on Instagram. Sam, let's start with you here. Van Dyke. <laughs> That, that does seem I'm going to pick him as well I'm also going to pick him <laughs> so that's an easy one Van Dijk is in uh, Koulibaly okay it's basically the best two centre-backs in the world couldn't go wrong uh, Dest right no, back you can have him Dest is quite a good one yeah and he's then going to go left back left from back. South America Talifico Talifico yeah. yeah no that's um, good shout good shout a lot of people will be asking where Marcelo is who's Marcelo Alex Tellez who's Marcelo 
You know, a couple of players. Um, Dean, Um, I'm going to nick the centre-back pairing because it's just so easy. Um, Senegal and Holland. And then I'm going to go from South America, Danny Alves. Don't think he really likes to play right back anymore because he's like a centre forward now. But fine. Yeah, have you seen this? Like genuine arguments with the ref, with the managers because they won't play him in midfield. Yeah. Mm. He's like, I'm a midfielder. Like, no, you're not. You're yeah. a right back. He's like, I don't play back there anymore. Like, I'd have fun. fun. Just anyway, retire if you're not happy. He's going to start a right back and play wherever he wants. Um, <laughs> and at left back, I'm really low on options, so I'm just going to pick the Australian lad, whose name is Aziz Bayic. Okay. He's quite good at the World Cup. Yeah, he was quite have good. I've not seen him play since. I'm going to nab Dest and VVD off you, but I'm going to go Thiago Silva as my other centre-back, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go Masraoui, a left-back. Oh, that's quite good. Um, you know, obviously got the Ajax full-back partnership. Yeah, like we'll it. know well each other, and, and I just think that Thiago Silva and Van Dijk were well together. Yeah, Nicely. that's good, yeah. Another one... Uh, I like the Japanese centre-back, Tomoyasu. Yes. Plays for Bologna. So that would free up Asamoa at left-back. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Quadwo and Dest on the flanks with Van Dijk and Tomoyasu. I'd, I'd like to see that. That's my second choice one. If you'd done this five years ago, you could have had Nagatomo at left-back. Danny yeah. Alves at right. Yeah, there you could have, yeah. Like, then you would have really started to get into the, you know, the depths of it. And Danny Alves back then would have been happy to play there. Yeah, <laughs> you could have had Chiellini. <laughs> this would have been a great question five years ago as well as it is now. George, you were late. Yeah, no, but um, a very good, good question. question. Yeah, All right, right. I'm going to spin for If countries could only pick players based in their own domestic leagues, who would win at the World Cup? And that's from Jack Barton on Twitter. Spain. England. Spain. Spain. England. Do you, okay, so, so let's, let's talk about this. England would lose Jaden Sancho. We lose Jaden. That's it. Which is a shame, but you know, <laughs> other players about play it. there, so right. that's fine. Um, actually solves a selection dilemma. Um, <laughs> Who does Spain lose, Sam? Thiago uh, Alcantara. Um, they would lose. Uh, does, I mean, would, would he, they've got so many midfield options, I wouldn't be that worried about that. Um, you'd lose De Gea if you wanted to lose him. And uh, Kepa. Who goes in goal? Unai Simon, quite good. Yeah. Quite good. Yeah. You'd lose Paulo Lopez as well, who's their third choice goal. Actually, they're starting three goalkeepers would all be out. Yeah. And yeah. Sergio I, Rico. I t- a, don't worry about him. <laughs> I take, take, take Simon. You'd have the whole defence. You'd have pretty much the whole midfield if you wanted it to. You could put Cocaine, Saul in there. You could, use, you could use Isco. They're all still present. And all their strikers have moved back to Spain. Like Costa and Morata. I mean, that all, much is they're, true. They're all still there. Yeah. No, they are true. They they're still all won't there. be England. Yeah, I'm going to go with Italy. Um, oh, God. I like this Italy team a lot. Um, yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't mention it very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that Italy, Italy's, most of Italy's players play in Italy. The only two you're really losing are Verratti and Jorginho. Everyone else is basically in Italy. Yeah. Yeah, like Spain and England. <laughs> yeah, but I think once you weaken all the other sides, Italy, like, I think the City side, obviously first to qualify for next year's European Championships. Uh, I think it's something different they're about gonna them. They're going to win it. Well, I think they might. I think they might. You think they're going to win the Euro? Remember their last tournament? Yeah, they weren't very good there. But now, they've, now they've got Mancini <laughs> and like... they've got Castrovi and Chiesa. They're basically okay, well, the best team in the world. And, and Sensi, <laughs> who is officially the best player in the world, according to this podcast. So The, mo- the most important thing for Italy is that the, the change between last World Cup and now is that they don't have a complete idiot in charge. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, a guy who was basically removed by the fans via coup. Which is quite cool. Very Italian. It's a good story. Very Italian. Glad it wasn't my manager. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think next year, Euros, I'd be mad, I'd be mad to be writing off Italy at this point. I'm not writing I'm them concerned. off, I'm just not saying they're winning it. No, I, I think they're, they're in with a shot. Uh, you've changed that already. Would be my choice. 
What is the most competitive position in international football? And this is from El Shaddai on Twitter. These are all very, like, proper questions, aren't they? Hang on, can yeah. you repeat that question? What's the most competitive position? So, you know, a spot in a play. So England centre-backs would be a really bad example. Yeah, it would be um, really bad. Because there isn't anyone to play in there. But what's the most competitive... So like England's right-back, something like England's that right-back is, is a very example. competitive spot. England's right-back is a good, that good is answer. Actually, is that your answer? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You go and I'll say if I can think of something else. Um, oh, you just talked about Spain's midfield. Sure, <laughs> it's but hard to look past that. It is, but France's centre backs. There were like a hundred billion of them that yeah, were all that better than almost too. everybody else. Um, ideally, they start Mtiti and Varane if they're fit. Mtiti's often not. You could take Laporte, who's obviously not fit at the same time. But no matter because you have Clement Longley, and if you don't, uh, all the Leipzig lads are all French. I was going to say Mukiele and uh, and Upamecano and Konate. Even the fullbacks can play centre half. Like yeah, Lucas, and they, they literally play four of them. So it's like, who plays? Deschamps must be like, right. I've narrowed it down to these twenty five. <laughs> who shall I go with? Uh, that's that is competitive. That is competitive. It is. Sure. It is. Spain's midfield stands out for me uh, somewhere that's very very oversaturated. But so does Argentina's forward line. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. there is so much going on and, and also it's a question of making it work right so it's not just about not just about who is the best player there it's actually about who works well together but you look at Lautaro Dybala Messi Aguero Icardi Higuain's still around Higuain's still around potentially you never know if they're retired or not because yeah. they do it a lot because they, they just like rotate a lot yeah. even like Pithy Martinez and that have been in the mix recently so you look at that and you think that's oversaturated, considering they're all position, basically flying for two positions. Di yeah. Maria, we spoke so much about him yeah. earlier in the podcast. Yeah, we've completely him. forgot Eighth about point. him. <laughs> like, that's up there for me as one of the most competitive. Yeah. Good. Let's spin that on to another question I got on Instagram while collecting these questions. And you can, you can, you can hand these in to us on any of our Instagrams and we'll add them to the wheel. Alan Grimberg asks, will Messi's supporting cast, so the others... Get better once Messi retires, Argentina-wise. Plausibly. You've um, got, I think yes. They're going to stop just giving him the ball and start thinking for themselves. It was like when Barcelona at, at Anfield last year, and we talked about this in so much depth, and they just basically, once they got to crunch point, they just forgot how to play football. And we're just like, I'll give it to Leo. Mm. Hope he does something good. And, and that's a lot of pressure. It's also quite a safe bet. No, you, it, is a, <laughs> it is a safe bet. You're completely right. But once you start having to actually play football yourself, it does does lessen the load. True, but Barcelona have been doing it a bit recently, so it's not done too bad for them. No, Argentina no. need it more. The, the, yeah. the, the sum of their quality the way, I've got a question. Um, this is completely unrelated. Um, Messi, obviously, with his free kicks right now, I was listening to the commentary on the Barcelona game, and the commentator suggested, would you be better off just not using a wall anymore for Messi free kicks and just letting the keeper have clear sight of it and trying to save it like it's a penalty. Um, Did you see the response this morning? The manager came out and said, if you give Messi the ball outside the area with facing the goalkeeper 10 times, he'll score 11 goals. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's impossible. That's such a, such a damning indictment on your goalkeeper. It's actually well. like, that's impossible. You can't score 11 goals from 10 shots. Uh, I, I don't think you can. No. I don't know. Burnley scored twice with one shot on target against Fulham last <laughs> <That's> season. <true. laughs> um, anyway, we've, but with the wall thing... If it's like 30 yards out or 25 yards out, I'd say there's no need for a wall. I think we're past the point where you need a wall there. But if it's 20 yards out, you've got to give him something to lift it over because he can hit it so hard. It goes back to that Fabinho strike, right? We were talking about earlier. Yeah. If you hit the ball that hard, it's very hard for the keeper to save it. Yeah. But, but the further you get out, because he scored some from 30 yards, I think from 30 yards, you don't need a wall. I don't think you need one. Or just even just a one or two man wall. I don't even think you need that. What if you just lined all the players up on the line? <laughs> 
best chance. Oh, what would all the play- if there's not a wall, where do the other players stand? They would just stand around with like their hands on their hips. Just I like- imagine though. Go on then. The one thing about the thing about having no wall is that he could just pass it to another player. They'll it, be marked because the others aren't. Well, no, it. not they're all stood on the goal line. They well, won't. No. So, but yeah, we're not using that suggestion. No, that's I'm not real. saying no, no wall. But yes, there's a wall. It's okay. on the goal line. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> hey, let's move things on to the picks league. Right, and lads, last week disaster. Was like, it? Was it? What disaster was it? You were terrible. Were we? Like really bad. Well, then, were we? We got three points out of fifteen each. That means yeah, we but... got three outcomes right out of five games. <laughs> yeah, but like, mate, I'm a. If I was a betting man, and I am. <laughs> yeah, we know. You talked about Just it enough. Just a bad one. Okay. Right, well, I'm under, the, that. I'm under the illusion that a monkey in a suit, to quote our friend Andy Tate, could do a better job than what you two did last week. So, I'm giving you one more chance. And if you don't improve on a score of three this week, next week I'm going to bring in a monkey. He's going to sit here a good... in a suit... And I'm going to roll a dice, and they're going to see if that score beats yours every single week. A real week. monkey? No, a, a toy monkey. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't think we'd be able to get that past like the rule book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to bring in a toy monkey, and he's going to roll a dice. Okay. Um, and he's going to see if he can do a better job than you <laughs> two. The toy monkey that can roll a dice. We weren't even that bad. All right. Okay. Three out of five. Three out of five. Three out of five is the way I looked at it, mate. I mean, my 4-0 Juventus thing wasn't great, but... Yeah, nor, nor, your four, nor the Dor- all the Dortmund love. No love. We forgot Bayern. We forgot that they're very bad. I, yeah, well, I, would text, that I did text the group, didn't I? I was like, oh, I forgot how bad Dortmund are when they go to... I looked yeah. at their other results They had like two recently. seconds to think... Anyway, let's just get on with it. Yeah. Right, this week we've got international, of course. Uh, there is only international games. This is going to get worse then. First up, Brazil versus Argentina. Sal, I'm going to start with you. Is it a friendly? It's uh, competitive friendly because it's the biggest rivalry in international football. <laughs> it's a friendly, is it? 2 1 to Brazil. Dean? 1 1. Russia versus Belgium. Is it a friendly? It's not, it's a qualifier. What's the situation for both Russia and Belgium? In Belgium table? already qualified. <laughs> Russia at home? Yes. That doesn't matter. 3 uh, 1 to Belgium. Dean? 2 1 to Belgium. Serbia versus Ukraine, another European qualifier. Ukraine already qualified, but will want to win the group ahead of Portugal. I think Serbia are going to win that. I'm going Serbia 1 0. No, I'm going to go Ukraine 1 0. Dean, you're starting these next two. Here's a big one Democratic Republic of Congo against Gabon (laughs) in an AFCON qualifier. I've seen a lot of these lads. Um, (laughs) 2 1. 2. The home team. Sam? Uh, well, I'm going to back Gabon. uh, But what I will say, uh, 3 1 to Gabon. But um, I did buy some. Congolese coffee at the weekend for my dad for his birthday. Any good? It's sensational. Okay. So 1-0 uh, to Gabon in football, 1-0 to Congo in coffee. <laughs> Fine. Last one. Germany versus Northern Ireland. Now, this group is massively tight. Oh, this is important. It's as tight as, as it gets, really. Them, the Netherlands and Northern Ireland, yeah. all very similar points. This is the second game. So Northern oh, Ireland okay. have already played the Netherlands at this point. Okay. So Germany, Northern Ireland. Oh, Germany are rubbish. Germany are going to win that. 1-0 to Germany. Can I, am I allowed to say the same score? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Well, the threat hangs over you. Will the monkey in a suit be making an appearance next to me next I still week? just think you're being quite dramatic. I will. I me, quite hope it dramatic. Happens. I want to know where you find a monkey in a suit, so I don't care. Me, dramatic. Yeah. Did you have yeah, any but... forfeits, by the way? Uh, we've had some forfeits. We're going to tally this up at Christmas, as I've decided. The first forfeit is going to come at Christmas. Okay. So the league is well underway, and uh, you really need to start actually beating each other. <laughs> By picking the same score line. 
that is the nonsense siren. Sam, over to you. All right, I'm going to need about 15 minutes for this one. Oh, I've only got five. This is, this is an okay children gather round. Come in. Yes, okay. It's story time. Uh, I have a very complicated relationship with an everyday item. With my girlfriend. Oh, this she doesn't like me. Either. Oh, no. This, this filters in heavily. Very complicated relationship with an everyday item, one that you would take out of the house with you when you leave at all times. Can you guess what it is? Your phone. No. Keys. Yes. Specifically the house key. We go way back. Uh, I have generally lost house keys prolifically. As a kid, ridiculous. Like my, I would always come home without it and my mum would get really annoyed. And I would like to say that I've got better at taking care of my own belongings as an adult, but it's only, that's only half true. Uh, I'm still good, good for the odd... Um, Gaff. Whoopsie. I'll call it a whoopsie. Um, I've, I've ranked, okay. I have ranked my top three house key mishaps. Okay, go on then. Um, these are all real stories and these are all the things I've actually done. Um, and these stories all directly affect my poor beleaguered girlfriend. Uh, she's outrageous. often the, the loser in these scenarios. So number three, uh, a friend once came to stay for a few days, asked for a key. I said, yeah. Asked Rach, where do we keep the spare key? She told me I forgot. And in my rush to get out the door, I just took hers and then gave it to my friend and didn't tell her. And then she took her keys out, went to work, came back, got to the door. Where's my house key? And I'd been I'd gone for a pint. Uh, over an you're hour. A terrible human being. Yeah, I'd forgotten. So I had to come back and let her in. Selfish. Yeah, that you're was... actually really grim. Yeah, that was bad. Um, this is only number three. That's the real worry here. Rachel's left in by number one. At, yeah. at number I really two, hope so for her sake. I do too. At number two, you I, do you guys, I think you guys know this one. At least one of you knows this one. Uh, last Christmas, Rachel and I went down to Cornwall to spend Christmas with her parents. Now, for context, Cornwall is about six hours away from London on a train. Uh, she went down a week ahead. I had to finish some stuff up, so I went later. I just moved into my new house, and I was a bit like, I was a bit cautious, and I also wasn't sure how well the door locked. I wasn't sure what I had to do with it. I so thought, I'll test it. So on my way out of the door, I thought, I'll just walk outside and I'll, I'll lock it and I'll test to see how well it actually shuts. Do I have to pull the handle up? Do you have to turn the key? All those little things. So I just walked out of the house and shut it from the outside without my key and my suitcase. <laughs> And I'm supposed to get a, get on a train to go to Cornwall. <laughs> uh, so I was, yeah. So basically, I rang and was like, "I've locked myself out of the house." That is ridiculous. She, I've locked, did you tell her the truth about how you did it? I, d- I told her exactly what I'd done. Um, I Nothing, said, if I, not honest. I'm just an idiot. I said, I said, "Look, I just wanted to see if the door shut." And look, t- let me tell you, it, it sh- does. It, yeah. it, it shuts. Um, <laughs> the good news is, our door works. Yeah. The bad news is. <laughs> I've really messed yeah, my brain doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so I rang her and said, look, you're going to have to post your house key to my office, special delivery, next day, and I'm going to go and sleep at my colleague's, Tom, who works on our social team. Yeah, Tom. Uh, and I stepped at his house and get, went into the office the next day and literally just sat there and waited for the postman to arrive, who delivered her house key to me, and I took that, went back to my house, got my suitcase, went back to the station and got the train. Did you get the keys the second time? Huh? Did you get your key the second time? Yeah, I picked them both up. Okay, yeah, so yeah, no worries. Yeah. Uh, right. What's at number one? This is madness. At number one, this is this is bad. Uh, <laughs> As if the other two haven't been. When I, when I moved to London about five years ago from Bristol, it was quite a big operation, like moving cities. I rented a van, put everything in it. It's about a hundred miles away, Bristol. Um, and I realised that actually I wasn't that comfortable driving uh, like a U-Haul or a van. So I asked my friend, also called Sam, would you be willing to do it? He was like, yeah, of course, I'll be happy to help you. 
I then added in after he'd agreed that we needed to make several pit stops to family members to pick up, like, uh, wardrobes from my sister and boxes of stuff from my parents. And it actually added six hours to the process. So this took 12 hours? The whole thing took, well, that's just the start. It took 12 hours to get to my flat in London, having been to my sister's and to my parents. That was, it, we got there at midnight and we were all absolutely knackered, exhausted, pissed off. And we just thought, look, get the bed, get the sofa, get it out. Um, sleep, we'll move it in tomorrow. I walk up to the door, I put the key in, it doesn't turn. I try again, it doesn't turn. I turn around to Rach, it's not working. Ring my parents, what's going on? Dad says, oh, there's a silver key in the hall. I look at the key, that looks a lot like my house key for my parents. I pick the wrong key up from my parents' house, which is again 100 miles away, and gone to, gone to London in, in, in the van and got there at midnight and couldn't get into the flat. Uh, <laughs> Mate. So I turned around to Rach and I said, I've got good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? The good news is that we haven't lost the key. I know exactly where it is. The bad news is it's 100 miles away. So we had to drive back to my parents' house. And that by, night? That night. So we couldn't Why sleep. Like, in a hotel? We just well no so my friend who had kindly decided oh is he yeah, still your friend no, not I've spoken to him in ages um, he Good. he had very kindly decided to drive me to London with all my stuff in and do this rat route thing to get all of my stuff he had to be back for midday the next day to hand the van back in and to play a game of cricket so he was like dude I can't get this done so we drove back to my parents' house picked up the key slept for four hours at my parents from two till six and then woke back up and drove back to London again. And got it done so that he had time to drive back to Bristol, hand the van in, and play cricket. Mate. And I tell you what, Rach didn't speak to me all day. I wouldn't have spoken day. for months. All day. Months. Day. Mate, uh, that, is, that is really bad. Like, really bad. I mean, I'm shocked. Not really. I don't even, even know nonsense. if it was enjoyable. It's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I feel sorry for everyone associated yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't know if we can be friends anymore, basically. Yeah. Me and Jack are going to go for a beer later, but you're not invited, <laughs> you're not invited anymore. <laughs> I made a few mistakes. Yes, that's enough. Enough we're, mistakes. We but are this done. is the sort of thing that creates an award-nominated podcast. Is, have yes. we mentioned, <laughs> by the way, have we mentioned that yes. we have been nominated for an award? Let's talk. Let, please do go and vote for us. It's literally all over our Twitters, Instagrams, all sorts. If not, the FSF Awards, just search them on Google. FSA now. FSA Awards, yeah, go down, search number seven we are, vote for us. Please. You don't have to We'd vote really for anything else it. if you don't want to do yeah, the whole thing. It form. takes literally ten seconds, so, so please do go and vote for us. It would be funny if we won. It would be great fun if we won, <laughs> but we're just glad to be there, glad to be in the company. Right, thank you so much to Dean Jones. Thanks, mate. Thank you, Sam Tai. Never you. trust his man with your keys. Rule <laughs> learned from today. I've been Jack Collins. We hope that you've enjoyed today's episodes. Please do keep voting and also giving us iTunes ratings and reviews. We massively appreciate it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Ranks Squad forever. Peace.